This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. People sometimes think back to bad situations and memories as learning experiences. They may come to realize they were actually strong for their age or that they did everything they could. They learn that it's okay to show their emotions, even with people they allowed to bully or hurt them in the past. They become strong protectors, not allowing similar hurts to occur again. They heal by seeing their problems for what they really are, then letting them go. They come to find out they can be safe. They come to find out they are honorable and lovable, okay just as they are. They can accept themselves. They can come to realize they have choices. They learn to have hope. These are a few of the potential miracles that can occur when effective counseling takes place. Valeria interviews Dr. Jason Buck. He is a licensed professional counselor and founder of Desert Eagle Counseling Services. Jason started having anxiety problems when he was an adolescent. He earned a master's degree in professional counseling from Ottawa University in 2008, then went on to achieve a doctoral degree in behavioral health from Arizona State University in 2012. He is married and enjoys sports, spending time with friends and family, learning new things, volunteering, and video games. Through his clinical experiences, he has had the privilege of working with developmentally disabled adolescents and adults inmates, substance abusers, and those suffering from a variety of mood disorders, including anxiety and depression. He currently specializes in the treatment of adult individuals suffering from anxiety, trauma, and PTSD, and mood disorders. Meet Dr. Jason at DesertEagleCounseling.com. Here's the interview with Dr. Jason Buck. In your own words, who is Jason Buck? Okay, so without um, without saying anything else, mm-hmm. I would say that he is uh, someone who is close to God, um, someone who God throughout the lifespan from about 12 to 13 years old has been more faithful to Jason Buck than Jason Buck has been to God. Uh, so we would say this is a this is a guy who seeks to continually turn back to God where the healing is, where the love is, where the peace lives, and all that stuff. Um, that's good. Um, so um, to be able to say who I am, it would start there at the core if that was able to be put into words, which is hard to put that into words, you know, because it's a uh, uh, people talk about God and how 
they experience God and how I experience God a lot of times comes as a feeling. Almost like a, a tingling through the whole body, you know, it could be at the base of the head. It can emanate all the way out throughout the core, um, out to the outer limbs. Um, but, but often I feel that in my neck and in my face and in my arms and in my chest. So I feel a lot of times when I'm in that flow with where God lives, um, things just sort of, I feel really confident in that place because it's, right. it's me, but it's not me, um, mm. if that makes any sense. Yes, very much. <laughs> it makes okay. a lot of sense to me. Talk to me about how you uncover these this experience with God, this relationship, this realization that God is not separated from you. It's not something that's out there, but in you and of you. I grew up regularly going to church with my family. And when I, when I would go to church, I would hear, uh, I would hear the scriptures being spoken in church. Yeah. And I felt that, you know, and that was from, when I was really young and I could maybe unpack that by saying uh, that was scaffolding possibly that was being built like a, like a ground that was being built up. Um, but maybe it made sense, but maybe it didn't really make sense. And, and, and when I had an experience when I was 12 to 13, somewhere in between there, it was the summer between, let's say it was, it was three months before my 13th birthday. If I want to get real precise, and that experience with God that happened, and it was like God saying to me, like, you, you, you have the scaffolding, now you can fly. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you can fly with me. <laughs> yes. So yeah. um, does that mm. answer that question? I would love to understand that there's, it's a metaphor of flying. Um, yeah. To me, I can interpret it as being liberated, being free. Is that what you felt? Sure, yeah. Freedom? Sure. And, and ironically, I became a dunker later in life. And that's kind of like flying physically for, for a human being for a short period of time. Um, you, you take off from the ground and you feel a little bit of lift as you're flying through the air. It might only be for a second or two, but it's, it's like a, it's a physical um, acting out of that, of that flying um, core, yeah. if that makes sense. Yes. With that in mind, I would love to hear also the story that you told me before the recording about your mother in the car and how you responded to her. Yeah. <laughs> to what happened? Yeah, please, Jason. That was yeah. a so, good story. so this is a story that is is told to me, but I don't remember. But yeah. my mom tells me the story that I was probably in that age range when I had had that encounter with God. And I knew from that point on that my whole perspective of the world was probably different than most. I, I don't know why that was maybe just an intuition that maybe other people are are really bound to the worldly stuff, you know, to the material focus and things like that. And and so here I am and I'm like, oh, I I, I just kind of know that. I'll always be with God, you know, if I live a hundred years here, then after this, whenever that time 
is gone or if i if i were to die today or if i were to die 100 years today i know i'll be with god and this was um a, a drive that i was taking with my mom uh, back home from the grocery store or on an errand and we had come to a like a a, a stop where uh, we it was our right of way and and she was about to go and she didn't notice but another car came zooming right through um zooming right through the stop sign or something like they had they had violated the the law and she had a panic about that and and she uh, i guess looked at me and said wow that was a close one and 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 i could just kind of sense her anxiety and her panic there and I, I immediately just, I guess, looked at her and said, well, mom, you know that if we were to die today, everything would be okay. Hmm. Yeah. And she tells that story and it's very emotional. Yeah. Um, I wish I remembered it. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's a beautiful one, though. The question that comes to me is, how do you make sense of that, having the experience of feeling what God is and then carrying this wisdom as a child. Why it doesn't happen to everyone? That's what I wonder a lot of times. Do yeah. you think there's something different about you? Yeah, I wonder that same thing, Valeria. I, I, I do. Um, I hope for that uh, for everyone because I, I believe that it's accessible. Uh, I believe it's available um, but I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, right. Some say that that's a different, um, let's say, religious philosophy, spiritual philosophies that we reincarnate or come back here. It's almost like having different lifetimes. Not almost, yeah. actually, that's exactly it. We have uh, different lifetimes, and then we gather all the information here, the wisdom, and then the mind chains, and then we carry that information to a new body. Uh, so do you actually consider that possibility <laughs> of being um, reincarnation of some sort or the rebirth of that wisdom that was once here? Oh wow, yeah. So how I would answer that is I would say yeah. there is a there is a connection to mm. to faith ancestors. So ah uh, yes, right. Some faith ancestors that I um, embrace are those like uh, Ezekiel or uh, Samson or or even David or or even Jesus. So what um, when I when I think when I'm reading through the uh the printed material of their stories you, you know in the bible i can put myself there so i can see myself where elijah's offering is being poured over with water poured over with water poured over with water and then god lights that um sacrifice on fire and i'm there present seeing that and i'm like I was there. I, I was there. Right. Yeah. So mm. it comes alive. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, that sounds... It's, it's like we're all one. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Everything is connected. It's almost yeah. like there's no past, really. Everything's happening 
at once. The mind keeps track yeah. of time and space, but not the soul, but not the spirit. That's right. It's like eternity is now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No past, Something no future. Like right. Not right. even now, because now implies time too, right? Oh, yeah. The eter- eternity is here. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, wow. There's so much freedom, right, Jason, just to even to contemplate this idea with the yeah. the intellect. Like, oh, it's this is freedom. Um, yes. Without even trying to rationalize it. Yes. So do you apply this spiritual knowledge or do you integrate this spiritual knowledge into your counseling business services? Absolutely. You do. Okay. How do you do that, Jason? And and then that's also, uh, Valeria, that's why they call it a practice. Because when I started this practice, there was a whole lot of, uh, like, monkey mind. And, like, oh, I need to ask this question and that question and this and that and this. And and it almost gets, like, tangential to where it's like, well, well, am I interrogating this person? Or (laughs) am I counseling this person? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> and so over the over yeah. the years, over the years, I've backed mm-hmm. off a lot of that, and and hopefully have become better at the craft of listening um, before providing any kind of feedback at all. Um, maybe they'll ask. Uh, so there are often an hour long session where I will. You can just sense they need to talk, and they need to talk about this thing that was connected to this thing and that and this and that. And and by the end of their dialogue, you know, they've covered a hundred situations of which I could never, I could never just, you know, photographically uh, remember everything that they said, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking for the heart of what it all is. Is it uh, you felt like you were powerless or did you feel like you were helpless or did you feel this or that? And so when the time comes, it might be the last five minutes of the session, I may be able to have the opportunity to ask a a question like that, that they might not even have the answer to right there. But it might help them to process in the days and the weeks to follow um, what that means in the context of everything that they laid out. That's going to be a lot more meaningful for them um, as they go through their own process. Right. Listening, it's such a huge part of communication, isn't it? Um, and sometimes we just forget about it <laughs> and, and do most of the talking, which is necessary for some of us to release so much that's in there. I see, I view the mind as, uh, let's see, the instrument that guides us here through this reality. The body, of course, there's a, this, this very strong sense of survival. And the mind's very good at it, protecting the body and, of course, um, protecting itself emotionally, psychologically. Yes. If you were to find words to describe this, wow, it's even not easy to uh, kind of come up with a, a question. Let's see. There's the mind, but there's something that the mind belongs to. Let's say I see, the way I see it, it's that God, it's not that God is in everything, is that that everything is in God, including the mind. Mm-hmm. If this is true, if it makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. It does? Yeah. Have you practiced or have you contemplated the idea of where this other, uh, let's say, realm is? There's the mind, there is the realm of God. So how do we know the difference, Jason? Perhaps that's that's the question. 
yeah, between the voice of God, the realm of God that's here now and or here, here, and the mind. Huh. Oh, so is there a difference? Yes. Uh, right. Oh. Um, well, I, I do see a difference, but... Um, oh. But that's interesting. Oh. Who is seeing the difference? The mind itself. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. That just made me think of uh, of the concept of God not wanting us to be robots. Because if God in his infinite, in, infinite wisdom had said, um, I want robots that will obey me and be loyal to me and do this, then, then there would be no difference. Um, but I think... Uh, to answer that question, where I see the difference in myself is where I decide to do something without presenting it before God first, but to to give Him the chance to be with me on that quest. If I bring it before Him and let Him be with me on that quest, I feel much more blessed than if I just get into my monkey mind and try to tool it in a way that maybe just by my own smarts or whatever I've accumulated with tools throughout the years. And I'm like, oh, this will work, this will work with it. Just kind of maybe getting too rushed or busy and not checking in with God on that. A lot of those plans just are disasters, you know. It, yes, <laughs> it so takes true. A little, maybe, so maybe they're not a complete disaster, but it doesn't <laughs> take long before I ask, wait a minute, um, I, I need help. Yes. Yeah. And how do you know, once you have engaged uh, in action, what are the signs that we are coming from that place, which God, to me, or the realm of God, has to do with love, kindness? Um, well, it is good from the human experience, but it's fair in the way it's compassionate. It's benevolent. Is that the way you see it, the way you measure, the way you know for sure that you're coming from that place? Oh, yeah. And, and, and uh, to use a physical example, you know, my, my wife is one of my best uh, indicators of, wait, hey, am I coming? Okay. Yeah. She just called me out. I, I just came from more of a selfish place with that statement or that comment or that attitude. And, and then it's all of a sudden like, oh, yeah, that's not that that's not closer to God. That's closer to my own idea of what's right. That makes it's good to have somebody like that. Yeah. So that's a recalibration. That's a, that's kind of a, um, a fixing on, on God and then maybe drifting away and then fixing again, then drifting away and then fixing again. And it's kind of this dance. Mm, it's not a destination. Yeah. That's an, another interesting topic, isn't it? That about healing and even spiritual knowledge or spiritual enlightenment realizations that we realize the truth we have that glimpse and then we need to yeah. it's almost like reinforce that understanding that realization by bringing the body mind into alignment with that that truth yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's easy on top of the mountain when you're right there directly with god and then you come back down off the mountain into the humdrum of life and then and then you just get hit at all angles with all kinds of different stuff and it's like it's really um tempting or easy to fall out of line with god i think um and, and get more into like oh man 
this sucks. Yeah, uh, <laughs> complaining. <laughs> all the complaining. The, yeah, right. The resentment and all that. Uh, that's the... Yeah. I love the way you say that, the dance. Yeah, I usually use that word too. I love this... Um, this analogy of movement. So it's always moving. And you mentioned free will. So, yeah, God is not a controlling entity. Yes. Right. So that really makes sense to me. Do you also contemplate the idea that God's not a thing or not a person, not even an entity? Mm. Because we see everything as objects. And I wonder if you have contemplated the idea that God's not a thing. Well, when I think about Jesus, um, I look at um, I look at a miraculous sign that he would do, like uh, changing um, five loaves of bread and two fish into enough to feed thousands of people. And I look at that as a spiritual happening. That that's a miraculous sign as a spiritual happening. There's no earthly explanation for it, and. And that's in John 6. And if you went further into John 6, you see later some of those people who witnessed him doing this miraculous sign, they wanted to track him down and follow him. And and really what they were looking for was for, let's elevate this guy to be our king so that he'll give us bread every day. Like we'll never have to worry about food of the physical kind. Mm -hmm. And here's Jesus saying, Get to the spiritual. Get this stuff down. This is spiritual stuff I'm telling you about. It's not about the bread. Right, right. You, I'm not here to be your bread king. I'm here to show right. you how to be closer to God. Where the wealth really resides. Yeah. Right? The yeah, true yeah, yeah, wealth. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about this food and water and clothing and shelter so much. Cause God already knows that you need all that stuff. But get... get um, Pray, basically. <laughs> he <laughs> yes. said that many times. You need to pray more. Right. Yeah. No. Establish that connection. That's already there. We never lost connection with God, but we're just very distracted, right, with the mind. Yes. So that's the one of the things that I have. I was born, raised Catholic, uh-huh. born in Brazil. And then I, I remember being exposed to the Bible studies and all, listening uh-huh. to the stories. But then... Later on, because I went through a lot of traumas too with my sure. with my house, with my parents, and then I, I wanted to kind of uh, find out, just listen, stay quiet, and and mm. kind of listen to different philosophies, like what indigenous people you know had to say about God. What about Hindus? What about Jewish? What about, sure. the one that makes sense to me the most uh, from the point of view of explaining? what God is, how can we experience God without faith, without believing it, without even trusting? You know, I wanted to find something that could explain God in a way that I could experience it. Like in everyone, not just myself, but everyone, um, everyday life, uh, human life. So in that I found Vedanta, that's uh, a Hindu philosophy. Of thousands of years, it's called yeah. Advaita Vedanta. Oh, you heard about it too, Jason? Yeah. The one I'd, I've read is uh, Bhagavad Gita. That's really the foundation, and the Brahma oh, Sutra okay. and the Bhagavad Gita, and then you have the um, Upanishads. So okay. those are the three kind of uh, they come together. Those scriptures, and then everything else is coming to cat theories and kind of um, trying to 
dissect more the information in, in different ways. There are so many schools of, um, of spiritual philosophies based on that, those three scriptures. Yeah. But I want it to be simple, really simple. Like, how can I experience what God is right here, right now? Uh, <laughs> and yeah. that's, um, yeah. you see, because when I listen to you referring to the Bible, the stories about Jesus, my concern with that is that, is that now we believe that's the only way we can experience God, to believe that's the only way that we will know that, you know, it's true that God's here, if I can oh, perform I miracles or if I can see somebody doing that. I see, I see. So that created a lot of issues, as you can imagine, and we know in history, sure. people sure. being killed because of it, too. Oh, sure. Um, so sure. a lot of violence came from that. Yeah, so now it's more like um, when I go to sleep and sometimes I can feel like the... I lose contact with the body, with the body-mind. I have no idea who I am anymore. So it disappears, Uh, this reality. And then I go to sleep, and then there's a dream reality. And then I start uh, dreaming about a lot of things. And then everybody experiences this. And then we have deep sleep, which is completely in darkness. And then we wake up, oh, I slept really well. But in truth is, who remembers that? Because the mind was not there. It was not really active. We're in deep sleep. We couldn't remember anything like under anesthesia or coma, we can't remember. So who remembers those things that we slept, there was blankness, darkness, or whatever it is. So that to me is God. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's always there. It never leaves. It's always there. Right. When the body goes, it's still here. Where would would God go? (laughs) It never leaves. Um, As you were talking, like three different things came to mind. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I was in school, and this was probably junior high or something. I don't know. Reading through um, our textbooks and science class, and and just something really interesting happened one day where I saw um, the physiological design of the bumblebee. The science can't explain how it flies. Hmm. And immediately right there, I was like, okay, yeah. there's God. There's yes. God. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. And then hmm. there was, as, as when I was working in, um, uh, you know, downtown Phoenix, uh, working with serious mental ill um, and, and a lot of times uh, substance abused uh, a combination of like a co-occurring disorder yeah. uh, of the mind, you know, and, and yeah. working with folks like that. Um, I came across a, a picture one day of a caterpillar and then a butterfly. And it said, there's nothing about a caterpillar that tells you it's going to be a butterfly. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, whoa, okay, there's hmm. God again. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, right. That's it. And then mm. the third thing, because you were talking about the dream world, yeah. um, I'll I'll sometimes have what you said was the darkness and have no memory. Yeah. Um, then sometimes I'll have the vivid dream where it feels like I'm actually there. And there's some, you know, brain putting together all the billions of pieces of information that we process through a day. And in, in the dreamland, it's trying to make sense of it. Well, in my dreamland, even just last night, I was um, in the dream with one of my um, basketball teammates, and we were we were side by side with uh, someone who was 
experiencing a terminal illness internally. Outwardly, you couldn't see anything was wrong. But inwardly, there was a terminal illness. And they were wearing like a headphones in my dream. And then we were offered to listen to the headphones in the dream. And when we put the headphones on, we had the opportunity to hear what that person was experiencing inwardly in their terminal distress. And I looked at my basketball teammate and he looked at me and we had that shared Mm -hmm. knowing, like we knew just by looking at each other, like, Mm -hmm. wow, that's bad. Right. What they're going through and let's have compassion for this. And that uh, to me shows it's not that God is in everything, but everything's in God. So that's why we have those experiences, uh, even in dream yeah. of connecting yeah. the minds and knowing certain things that some people predict the future, we, that we see that happening. We, we have the experience all the time. Think about somebody yeah. and then the phone rings or an email. So because everything's happening in God. So, of course, everything is is one, but the minds are separate, though. The minds are the, that piece of free will. So we are all, we all have that choice. Sure. To align ourselves with that reality, God reality, or not. Sure. And you know, I don't. Uh, I try to understand why a lot of times. You know, we want to rush the process <laughs> so everybody stops suffering. We can end suffering. Sure. But yeah. I guess the only thing we can do is uh, live the God reality ourselves, and then who knows. Yeah, you know, because those who are imprisoned and those who are the imprisoners are both in suffering. Yes, yes. Oh, for sure. How do you define mental health these days, Jason? Well, mental health I would define as an active process that somebody engages in on a regular basis to optimize their life, you know, whether that's through um, cognitive therapy, EMDR, um, body work like uh, like acupuncture or something like that, or um, just taking taking pursuit of meaningful and measurable goals that may or may not work. So those goals may need to be adjusted on a regular basis in order for them to continue to have like kind of a flow dynamic to them, so that it's not like oh this became too challenging and uh, but I don't have enough skills to meet the challenge. So because it became challenging and I don't want to work on my skills, I, I may be burned out and I quit and I, be, I feel helpless. Or if maybe, maybe I have too many skills and the challenge is too easy, so I don't increase my challenge. Well, then maybe I just get bored and give up. So how do I keep my challenge level and my skill level in, a, in kind of a sweet spot to where I can continue to move and grow and 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 really in that sense you would never ever reach your potential because your potential becomes a new uh plateau to where you can go to a different place from there that's true wow Uh so that's the idea of um growth of course yeah of balance finding balance, finding the harmony. A lot of times I I do listen to, I mean, I have lots of conversations here about balance and harmony, but I love the idea of inner peace. I think from there, so much can manifest without even trying too hard. 
Absolutely. Yeah. The yeah. mindfulness. Right. Yes. The state of, of, of peace, which has a lot to do with spirituality. I can, something that is not disconnected from my the, the, perspective. The being, the being, not the doing. Yes, right, okay. Jason. Yeah, starting with that, right? It's from the inside out. Yeah, this. Uh-huh. It's always for me. I remember trying so hard to make things happen from the outside, uh-huh. uh, get something from the outside to make the inside happy, the mind happy. It never. Oh, that's right. Never yeah. happened. So once that I shifted perspective, the attention to inside, then everything changed. The outside changed. Yeah, right. right. And then harmony came into play, even the idea of growth and all that. Uh, I love curiosity, though. I think that is uh, there's something about remaining open and innocent. Like, oh, you know, I don't know this, I don't know that. Although we, I do love <laughs> talking about spirituality from a place of knowledge, but not like I know everything. It's just that yeah. I know that the only thing that's true, that's real, is God. So that I know. But yeah, I don't yeah. know how I know it. <laughs> it's like I have no idea. <laughs> you say the same thing about yeah. that. Yeah. 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 And then it's great to have conversations because like, oh, how do I know that we don't know? That's interesting. And then and there's a lot of fun in it <laughs> from my perspective. I get some of that too, uh, Valeria, from yeah. the uh, animal world. So yes. I could be um, <laughs> five minutes from an appointment that I have to be at. And I could be mm-hmm. walking or driving or whatever it might be. And... Um, all of a sudden, maybe I see something that I haven't seen in mm-hmm. in years. Yeah. <laughs> this this takes me back to uh, a time when I was really feeling unsure of myself. I was feeling unsure of myself. I had a uh, a brown belt test coming up in my street self defense classes, and that was going to be a two day test, uh, two full days of um, demonstrating technique and. And dealing with, uh, you know, multiple attackers and just different scenarios, stuff like that. So there was this there was this part of me that was like, oh, that could go really bad. You know, you could fail. But then there's another part of me that was like, you wouldn't have been asked to take the test unless they thought you were ready and and you you worked hard for it. So there's a there's a chance that you could do it and it could be fine. But there there was this just back and forth, back and forth, almost like a battle of the mind happening, you know, in this. And I'm walking through the park one day and I look up in the sky and here's an eagle flying overhead. An eagle flying through um, just a regular residential neighborhood. And I couldn't believe it because not only was it an eagle, it was it was a bald eagle. And we've I've seen um, birds of prey uh, in, in the residential areas once in a while before. And whenever I do, I have to stop and just kind of watch and, and kind of like awe because of just the, the animal world to me is like, they're not, they're, they're not bothered by this, uh, past, present, future. The, the animals are perfect at being in the moment. And so I always want to pause and check that out. And so because so that day when that eagle flied over, I got an immediate sense of God saying, I'm with you. 
And but but then I was like, I don't know if I'm having a hallucination or if I'm dreaming this. So I, I don't know. And so and God heard me say that, I'm pretty sure, because right as I said that uh, a woman walking her dog comes around the corner and she looked at me and she said, did you see that? Uh, I said, ah, right. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I did. <laughs> right. It's a confirmation not to doubt ourselves yeah. Yeah, when yeah. coming from that place. You see, because you have kept yourself open. Yeah, the heart is open. And that's um, a beautiful message for all of us. Always being open. It's easy to doubt, to have doubts. It's all coming from the mind anyway. That's I'm very aware of that these days. Yeah. And then just being aware, that's the mind, that's its job anyway. So it's doing what it's supposed to do, it's nature. So just leave it at that. And nature itself too, it's interesting how a lot of times we assign so much meaning uh, to nature, whatever happens here. If there's a hurricane, um, uh, so much fear really and too much meaning. And it's so simple in a way. It's to me, it, it's nature. It's just a, a product of of God, of course, but it, it with its own has its own laws. So, and which is very simple. Mm-hmm. It comes and goes. It never really stays the same. Mm-hmm. It's like it's the way we yeah. see what we call life. It's always changing. Right. So it's almost like expecting death to be another change. That's right. how I yeah. see it. We never, we never are arrive. Yes, right. It's like, yeah, it's like uh, talking to someone who might say, uh, once I have a million dollars, then I will have no problems ever yeah. for the rest of my life. It's like, well, what are you going to do with your life when you get your million dollars? I don't know. Oh. You have to take yourself with you, <laughs> right? Yeah. Life to live after that. Yes, right. Uh, isn't that interesting? We just um, have so many ideas, concepts about uh, what this is. But it's, in a way, it's very, very simple. But at the same time, it's it takes effort to go deeper, encourage. Or maybe it has to be a calling. It has to be the, yeah, it has to be something that we have to be ready for because sometimes going deeper too soon, it also doesn't work. It could have yeah, the opposite right, effect. Right, right, right. I don't know how many times in counseling you have to just be with a person for a long time before they trust you enough to mm. say, okay, now I'm ready to work on my trauma. Yes. You, see you just have trust. to be with them. You know, you just have to be like yeah. real, I guess, genuine, you know. Mm. It's an interesting, Jason, because that's what God really is, isn't it? It's always, I mean, it's very obvious to me. i or natural, I don't know what word to use, but it's so present, it's so here that I can't help it but trust it. And but that you're right, it took a long time for the body mind complex to trust that yes. the divine yeah. inspiration and divine presence. It has been a, an interesting journey or experience. Yes. So um, we're almost at the end, and I do have some other questions here for you, Jason, about. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned um, the man, your approach to mental health and wellness. Um, you use cognitive therapy and EMDR. And I have interviewed lots of people about EMDR. And yes. there's something about it, hypnotherapy and EMDR, that, and meditation, of course, that there's a resonance about these methods that, um, oh, yeah. I, that really works, but it's highly effective, I can tell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What is it about EMDR for you? Have you seen, clearly seen 
in your clients, the, the results? It's the, it happens fast or it's the quality of the healing process that makes a difference? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, that, that's why you have, um, say you have a simple trauma, which we would say like, um, might not sound simple, but let's say you have a, a person who's had a, a, a fairly normal life, no abuse, no trauma, you know, but then all of a sudden they find themselves in their mid 20s and they, they just, they, they, they got in a, a bad car accident and came away with, you know, bruises and scratches and minimal damage physically. But then the reality of, wow, life or death just looked them right in the eye. And, and maybe for the first time, they had never considered doing that or having to consider that possibility. And so now they're having nightmares and a lot of anxiety, maybe panic attacks and things. And so in, in, in that kind of a case, I've seen people literally within five sessions have no more problems, especially if we can catch it within weeks or, or weeks is better. The sooner you can catch it after the event and as long as the person is ready to get help, um, you can see that healing happen uh, relatively quickly. That can get a little more um, complex when you're dealing with someone who maybe had uh, a trauma history that included 5, 10, 15 years of ongoing trauma uh, happening, you know, um, uh, but but the EMDR, I think it's not an all end all and be all, but it's a powerful tool. I think when a person's ready to work on a specific situation, and that that's part of the thing with the complex traumas is they they may be so traumatized and dissociated that they haven't developed uh, a, a focusing mechanism to focus in on where did that start. So we may have to work together. And, and find out where that good starting point is before we can get a, a good result uh, from, from the EMDR, a good outcome. Right. Yeah, I never heard it that way. So that's good to know. It really helps those who are kind of, in a way, fresh with the, the traumatic event. Um, it <laughs> would be easier that way. I, I didn't hear that. So this is good to know for the audience, too. Thank you for sharing uh, that, Jason. You bet, yeah. And if you think about it too, just like a body uh, that's been um, beat up uh, a lot and there's a lot of uh, physical scarring tissue and there's like a lot of maybe guarding muscles taking place, you know, like that That might take a combination of chiropractic care, uh, massage therapy and stuff like that to just get everything back in alignment again. Um, similarly with the mind, um, we want to we want to have that person start from a place of confidence. So we would, if I was working with someone who wanted to do EMDR, uh, I would look for something. Where would be the easiest place to start first in your whole trauma history? Like if you were to look at all of these traumas and you were to say, okay, they all suck, but which one would I feel would be the easiest one to work on first? And they usually have an answer right away. They, they might say, oh, no, they're all like on a zero to 10 subjective rating scale and 10 would be the worst. Right. Uh, they're all 10s. And then I'm like, oh, well, OK, that's tough. But if you were to say of all the 10s, which one is the easiest one to start first? And they have an intuition that says, I think it's this one. 
that gives them confidence now and resilience to go and do that therapy. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's um, it's almost like this is a gentle yeah. process that I love that you're very aware of that too, right? Yeah. Um, using kindness and gentleness to walk that path is not an easy one. Yeah, I have uh, good teachers. Ah, uh, yeah, that helps, right? I, I went through anxiety therapy in early 2000s, and um, I had good teachers that, that showed me how to set up hierarchies appropriately, because when you're coming into therapy, you want to be better tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, so you yeah. want, yeah. If, if you're wired like me, you want to go yeah. for the thing that's the hardest thing first, <laughs> and that's yeah. the last thing that you want to do. <laughs> right. Yes. Not yeah. a good idea. You're just going to push the turtle back into its shell. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that you make me think about, uh, I'm thinking about therapists and coach, life coaches, spiritual teachers, you beautiful people. It's, it feels like, like having a best friend. <laughs> that's what uh, it really yeah. feels like. <laughs> so thank you, Jason, for doing what you do, for you answering bet. that call for you this bet. life. It's a blessing. Thank you. And um, before we end the conversation, I do have uh, the ending questions. But before that, I wanted to ask a question. I made a comment here about the ebook that you have written, The oh. A to B Journey, Benefits of Psychotherapy. What inspired you to write this ebook? I wanted people to just have a, a little insight on who I am as a person. And a lot of times that's a good rule out when you're looking for a, a therapist that you think is going to be a good fit for you. So I, I like being able to give uh, a potential future patient, uh, something like that, that, that shows a little bit about who I am and how I work and how I look at certain things. Um, because if, if you're um, someone who uh, maybe is totally opposed to, you know, some of the things that I've written in there, and that's okay. Then, then, and now we know um, that I might not be the right fit. Um, but, but if you have someone who's looking for uh, a good fit and they, they like some of what they read in there, um, then that might give them the courage to reach out and set up a consultation or, um, and I do that with people. I, I do free, I, I always do free consultations because I want to find out yeah. if this is a person that I have skills that can help just as right. much as they're trying to find someone who can sure. help them. That's true. Yeah. 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 So it's a, it's a mutual kind of dance of mm-hmm. finding out what benefits both of you, right? Client and professional. I agree. I love this approach. There's something you say, I mean, there's so many things you say in the book that caught my attention. I will mention what caught my attention the most. You talked about the um, some of the potential, you actually phrased it that way, some of the potential miracles that can occur when effective counseling takes place. And then you mentioned the events, what could happen. And then there's a section where you write, people heal by seeing their problems for what they really are, then letting them go. They come to find out they can be safe. They come to find out they are honorable and lovable, okay, just as they are. They can accept themselves. They can come to realize that they have choices. They learn to have hope. 
that that's just a yeah. section there, but it caught my attention. It's almost read felt like a meditation, like a song <laughs> to um, me. So, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, thank you so much, like, Jason. I'm thankful uh, for that feedback. Thank you. Thank you for the contribution to peace. And I mean, that kind of peace that I believe in, inner peace. So this is what, to me, what you do is all about. Getting deeper into the our own selves, getting to know what, who we really are. So it's truly beautiful what you do. Thank you. Thank you. You bet. And before we say, actually not saying goodbye for now, but I do want to ask you a few more questions, the ending questions. Is there yeah. anything that you wanted to disclose, that you wanted to share, and that you left unsaid for this conversation? Is there anything that comes to mind? I think I said more than I thought I ever would say. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> I think you had good questions. Yeah, you made me think about a lot of uh, mm. of my own process of from starting to like where I am now. Um, and you helped me to find, you know, like as you were talking and as I was connecting with your words, uh, images and 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 experiences, uh, things like that were coming up. Um, where I was like, okay, I, I never would have even thought about talking about that if you would have okay. um, said, "Hey, what's on your mind?" Like an hmm. hour ago. Right. Yeah. yeah that's. Um, I live for these things. I don't know why. Yeah. Since I was very young, so deep conversations. What I'm um, I'm interested in. I'm very curious. So that's what it's coming from. But. I know it's it's something that unfortunately not too many of us can engage with, not yet. And I wish I could just uh, walk outside and talk to all my neighbors, everybody uh, walking uh, on the street. Uh, yeah. I, I <laughs> feel that way with people sometimes and I'm just like, man, <laughs> yes. it'd be nicer to talk about more than just, you know, the, the price of gas. Ah, uh, yes, the weather and the hair, bad hair <laughs> yeah. day and all that for women. <laughs> yeah, yes. and, uh, and when you say when you say curious, uh, I also like uh, maintaining a sense of wonder about mm. the world. Yes, that's it. And I get that from uh, Whitney Hopler, who mm. does a lot of good work with uh, with maintaining a, a wonderment kind of frame of mind about as you look around at the world and and even just looking at a tree or an animal or. Uh, a family playing together or mm. <laughs> just the, those positive feedbacks, you know, the, the interaction with um, that other human being and, and being able to bring a smile to their day or maybe even a laugh. I mean, that's, that's great stuff, you know, and, and if you keep, if you keep that open to the curiosity and the wonderment, uh, I mean, you get more, you get more and more opportunity. I think God, mm. That is God. And so you're going to notice that opportunities for that kind of stuff grow and grow and grow. Mm. Beautifully said. Yes, trillion times <laughs> mm -hmm. to that flavor, right, of being open. Yes. Oh, my God. What can I say? <laughs> yeah. What is another word for healing, Jason? Optimized. Hmm. What three experiences you wish everyone to have before they lose the body, before they die? To have peace with God, to have a passion for something in life that they do, that they love, whether it's a hobby or uh, a sport or um, something that keeps them active. Yeah. 
and um, positive social relationships. Mm. That's a big one, too. Thank you so much again for your presence, for this spiritually inspired conversation and spiritually inspired life uh, that you you are living, you're experiencing. Thank you so much again for being open. Amen. So before we say goodbye for today, where is the best place to find more information about you and what you do, Jason? Uh, that would probably be my Psychology Today webpage. Okay, do I have... I do have your website here. Yeah. Uh, so I'll have both of them. Okay, those okay. two links. So your website is deserteaglecounseling.com. Yes. And Psychology... Yeah, I have I have the Psychology Today link as well. So I have both of them under the interview oh, profile. Great. Yeah, yeah. Thank and you again. I, I do a yes. vlog for... Uh, Oh. Uh, for uh, personal training goals, and right now I'm really working hard on a on a three on three tournament with a couple of my uh, retired college basketball friends, oh. and we're playing in June, and huh. we've been training since August, and so I have okay. a vlog on Eagle Wellness on YouTube. Oh, that's um, YouTube. Where, where I post uh, progress of my training and and preparing for this tournament mm, wonderful that's your uh, youtube channel because i do have that's that link YouTube. too perfect yeah. so i'll have those three links on your podcast profile thank oh, you perfect. so much again jason for your presence and we'll talk soon bye for you're now. welcome thank you thank you for listening to learn more about dr jason buck and his work please visit DesertEagleCounseling.com To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.